0: Paul Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Monday the 8th of August 2016. This accompanies episode number 23 of the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast. Lots of good progress to report with The Murder Place at the moment. This is the second of my thrillers, if you haven't been keeping up with this. The first is Don't Tell Meg. That is away with my editor, proofreader, Helen Fazal, who uh, hopefully has made a start on that at the moment, and she'll be getting that back to me by the end of August. The Murder Place, I hope, is going to be finished by the end of August, ready for me to check and descend to, to Helen by the uh, end of September, I think we've got that scheduled in for. So it's all on a, on a rapid sort of production line at the moment with these thrillers. I'm two-thirds of the way through. I'm just about to take a short break with the family. I was keen to hit a deadline and a target and a milestone if I could this week. So two-thirds of the way through is really good. I've had a couple of days writing 4,000 words this week and uh, we're up to 60,000 words right now and it'll be about 90,000 words. I'm never quite sure how long because it takes as long as it takes to wind a novel up, but it'll be about 90,000 words, certainly at least 90,000 words by the time it's finished. If you listen to these diaries regularly, you'll know that I was a little bit concerned about the summer holidays. The family are all off at the moment. My wife's off work and it disrupts my writing routines. I have actually found that the 6 a.m. early starts have been working ever so well and I've adapted to it really quickly. I find that I can get, I think I can get about, well, three to four thousand words written by about 8.30, nine o'clock if I'm up at six. And uh, it's quite funny actually because sometimes I'm sitting there typing away And I've barely wiped the sleep from my eyes. I'm still half asleep. But I just sit down, get the computer on, get a cup of tea and and start working. And you get there. So I think it's really important to to, to make the time not to mess around, to sit down, get the BIC, the button chair, as they say, and to start writing. And I soon wake up when I get going and the words get written. I'm all teed up now for the final conflicts in the story. This one's just worked really well. It, It came to me very quickly. I'm happy with the characters, the new characters. I'm happy with the plot development. It's all I know exactly where I'm going with it. It's just worked um, really well. Now, that isn't to say that I'm not going to hit any crises with it. I know in Don't Tell Meg I had a little uh, plotting problem part of the way through. I think it was about a third of the way through I had a plotting problem. I needed to convey some information. And the way that I was telling the story didn't allow me to do that. So I had to come up with a little device to allow me to do that. This one's uh, going fine. Very happy with it. There's enough characters still alive to get to the end of the story. We've got a couple of deaths. I've just delivered a nice cliffhanger at the end of two-thirds of the way through. So it's going, well, I'm happy with it, and it'll be good to be away for a little while just to churn over those last scenes in the story to make sure that we hit 90,000 words on time and everything comes to a beautiful and thrilling crescendo, which is what I'm aiming to do got another podcast recording done this week. One one recorded, one, one booking. I recorded my first USA interview with a lady called Jennifer Blanchard. And I wasn't going to record um, any non-UK guests up until about episode 30, though actually Jennifer's going to be episode 29. So I've, I've cut through those interviews very quickly. And I am scheduled about eight weeks in advance at the moment I had a really good uh, flurry of people accepting and then booking in their interviews really quickly which certainly helps me and Jennifer I think I probably mentioned this last week Jennifer has, has done a, an article she wrote an article in the Huffington Post and it was basically outlining how she'd resolved to step up her game as an author and to write nine non-fiction books before the end of the year and that ame- immediately resonated with me. The other thing that resonated with, with Jennifer when I read her article is that she, she said she was making about 30 or $40 a month, I think, with her book sales at the time. And she just decided to, to play big, to play like a professional author. Now, I, I'm pleased to report I'm, I am making more than 30 to $40 a month. I actually just had an Amazon, I call it Amazon Payday this week, which is when the checks come in, not the checks, but the, the bank payments come in. And my bigger payments are usually from, from Amazon and uh, in the UK and Amazon in the US, and then I get lots of little straggly bits that are barely worth getting excited about from different territories. Um, so Amazon payday came in, and I am I'm making more than that, but I'm not making anywhere near enough to to live on, and it is paying a couple of business expenses. But I, I'll start to report my my earnings if and when I ever get to the point when it's it, it's of interest. Um, it's not of interest at the moment, but Jennifer's monthly income was 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 much less than mine is. And um, she's managed to to perform a, a series of tasks, to deploy a series of strategies, which have got to her earning. I think it was about eight hundred dollars in a month. Um, you know, fr- from doing thirty to forty dollars, and that interested me. I thought that's exactly where a lot of the people listening to th- this podcast are going to be with their self publishing. What I'm specifically trying not to do in this podcast is to is to get people on who are talking about spending a thousand dollars a week on Facebook ads and things like that. Now there's plenty of room for that, absolutely. But the authors that I'm pitching this podcast to are people who have yet to write their first book, or people who've started to write self-publishing books. They've started to self-publish. Maybe they've got one or a couple out there, but they're they're struggling with the the traction, with the getting it going, with the getting those first sales going. And that's kind of where I am. Um, You know, I'm not anywhere near happy. It's not a business yet. Um, I'm making sales. I make sales all the time. I am making some income from it, but it's just not enough yet. And and I I need to work out how to move to that next stage. I have no trouble with the production, absolutely no trouble with the production of the books. It's the selling that I need to crack. And that's kind of where I am with this podcast. And, And to me, Jennifer was just perfectly in tune with that positioning and that message. So I contacted her she got straight back to me she suggested she'd do an interview we recorded that interview earlier in the week and um, it really it really made me think it was a real different take on things and uh, I really do urge you to listen to that interview it's scheduled for Monday the 19th of September one of the things that came out in that interview is that Jennifer's best-selling book at the moment the moment where she's making most of her money is a five and a half thousand word non-fiction book And it's been number one in a chart for nearly a month. And I didn't even realise this, but Amazon, uh, certainly in the US, has a chart for books that take an hour to read or two hours to read. And this is one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast is because I just talk to people who are doing things in a different way. And sometimes that way isn't the way I'm going to do it. But there's not an author or a person I've spoken to on this podcast yet where I couldn't take away some tips that I can use or some thoughts that help me to evolve what I'm doing so you learn something from everyone whoever they are and whatever they're doing you just have to be in tune to receive the message so I get tremendous benefit myself personally from from doing this podcast now Jennifer was one of those that really made me think and I've got uh, how many is it six I've got 7 nonfiction books and my nonfiction books are, are pretty weighty they're quite long The other mistake I made with my non-fiction books, it wasn't a mistake, but it was a learning point, is that I put lots of how-to screenshots in my books. And that means that I have to pay Amazon when those books are downloaded. I can either put the commission rate at 35% and and then Amazon takes the hit on the download costs. Or if I put the commission rate at 70%, it's me who takes the hit on on the download costs. Now, they're not huge. They're not prohibitive. But they reduce my profit. Also, the books are, you know, 30, 35. I think one of them's 40,000 words. They're quite substantial books. And um, talking to Jennifer just made me flip that on on my head. And I thought, you know, a a 5,500 word book at the rate I write, I can write that in a day. That's a day's work for me. Um, And that got me thinking, well, maybe I should revisit nonfiction. Maybe I should just think about it differently. Maybe I should follow what Jennifer's doing and come up with non-fiction books that are no more than 10,000 words long. And some of them will be the same topics I've already covered, but they'll be hour-long reads. And when I was talking to Jennifer, the feedback that she got was, a lot of people said, it's just great to be able to get to grips with the subject in an hour. And that's where I think I've been, I've done wrong. I I, I think I give too much detail sometimes. Problem is I, I know quite a lot about stuff. And actually what I think I need to do is select and, prune more, and give a little bit less detail, and focus in on the stuff that matters, that then got me thinking, one of the advantages of having this schedule that I have, I have the quarterly schedule boards, and the the weekly schedule, one of the advantages of scheduling, is that you can see your gaps, you can see where the gaps are in your schedule, so I have got the thrillers, they're all Locked down. I know my writing days. I know I can write 5,000 words in a day. I know those thrillers are going to get written unless I get knocked down by a bus or I get ill or something happens that throws that schedule out. I know that's going to get written. And, and even if it even if something does happen that means I have to move the schedule around, I've still got buffer space in there to make sure the writing gets done. I've got my weekly planning sheets done. I know this sounds really terribly OCD, but this is just how I do it. I've done this since I did my O-levels at school. This is how I plan. This is how I get stuff done. And I've done it for years. Um, I've got these weekly planning sheets up till Christmas. And I started wondering if I were to do, if I were to set myself a ridiculous target, a ridiculous, what they call an audacious goal, could I do, could I write before Christmas, as well as doing the thrillers and hitting those targets and earning the money that I need to keep a roof over everybody's head, can I get 10 non-fiction no more than 10,000 word books written by Christmas, giving myself two days per book. So a maximum of 10,000 words, and I can write at 5,000 words a day. I know I can do that fairly easily. I'm going to go and think about this while I'm on my break, because it's a ridiculous goal. I looked at my schedule, and actually there's plenty of room to do it. There's plenty of buffer room for editing. There's plenty of buffer room to to be doing uh, work that, it keeps the roof over everybody's head, um, I think I can do it. Now, clearly it's hard work, clearly it's not the easy option, but it's very, very tempting for me because I just found what Jennifer said so compelling and and I just thought I could do that. I, I Jennifer teaches people how to do that. I thought, oh, I could do that. I, I know how to do that. I, I've done more than that. I, my books are too long. What if I were to boil down what I know about these things and just to put it into a very short, very succinct, get on with it, Paul, kind of book? for authors about how to use Twitter, how to use Facebook, uh, time management tips, you know how how I managed to get the writing done, all the things I've learned on my journey. And they, in turn, then, would feed into my Self-Publishing Academy training course and the podcast to generate traffic for those things. And it just, you know, when something comes together, it just made a lot of sense to me. Now, I'm doing the old double glazing thing, and I need to give myself some days to think it through just to make sure that I'm not committing to something ridiculous here. Um, And of course, you know, I can set an audacious goal. And if I only get six done, if I only get eight done, well, it's better than getting none done. So I can set that audacious goal of 10. If I don't get 10 done, uh, that's not too bad. If I just get half of that done, that's better than doing none of them. So I I think I am probably going to do it. I'm I'm convincing myself and talking myself into it here. But before I formally commit to it, I am just going to go off and think about it for seven days because I do find breaks and holidays and getting away from the study, they do often help you um, refragment your files It it just helps everything settle, and you often see things more clearly when you get away from it. So I'll I'll let you know in the next diary what I'm planning to do about this. But here's the proposition. As well as getting three thrillers and one novella written by Christmas, the proposition is that I also write 10 non-fiction guides for authors that are no longer than 10,000 words long. I had a little play with this. I went into Scrivener because the great thing about Scrivener is I can create the core files for this, the title format, the about me, the these are other books that you need to link to, all the links to my website, all these core pages that will be in all 10 books. I can create that template. Then I could just do a save as and create 10 p- templates in Scrivener. And then all I got to do is write the chapter headings of the words. And so I'm sure I could do that. I'm really sure I could do it are they going to be one hour reads? Well, the other thing that occurred to me that is if these things are one hour reads, I don't mind recording these for Audible. I ain't going to do any more than an hour, but an hour read would probably take me with mess ups and cock ups and false starts and stomach rumblings and things like that in between. It would probably take me two hours to record that audio to get a good take on an hour's worth of read. Now, I don't mind doing that. I'm not going to do a full length book because I've worked in radio for years and how much work is involved in that but I would do an hour-long read. And that's another thing. I could then get those TED books out in Audible so long as I can create them at the right kind of quality using my home kit in this studio, in this uh, in my study here. Um, and I would do that by recording the first one, doing a demo and seeing if ACX do it. But I'm sure I can. I know how to edit it. Today's work, I reckon, to get that done and, and, and beautifully produced to Audible standards. So that's quite interesting for me. I'm going to go and think about it. I'm not going to commit to it just yet. But if I do, you'll hear about it in next week's diary. But that is a crazy amount of work. What's that? It's a hundred thousand words for those. It's another. What have I got? Thirty thousand words for Thriller Two to do. Ninety thousand words for Thriller Three, and fifty thousand words for Novella. All before Christmas. Where are we now? August, September, October, November, December. Five months. Can I do that number? I'm pretty sure I could do it because the what i would say to you is if you're if you're a new writer or you've just started writing a new book and you know i'm not a successful writer by any means but i can get the writing done i don't have a problem with that but the more you do the more confidence you get and this is the thing that i've learned from doing the writing that i have done i know exactly how long it's going to take me to write a book And so long as I leave myself buffer days, if I have a problem, I need something to work through. If I were doing that intensively all the time, I'm sure I would probably hit more hurdles. But because of the way I do it, I I tend to write two days, maybe three days at most a week. and And I write a lot on those days. I get a lot of thinking time. In between those writing did So if I do hit a block or a plot problem, or I've always kind of come to my writing knowing exactly what I'm gonna write. In fact, in every chapter that I write, every section that I write, I put a little note uh, before I even write it saying what's gonna happen in that chapter. Now I've always got an arc for the book. I always know what's gonna happen in the book, the kind of general plot, but the specifics I tend to do as I as I go along. But I always know when I'm writing on the day that I write. I've always got those notes there. So when I start a chapter, I know exactly where i got to go and where i got to be. I'll let you know next week in next week's diary. See what a, a week's R&R does for me. I might come back and say, I don't know what I was thinking. I'd had too much tea. But what I'm hoping I'm going to do is come back and tell you that I'm going to commit to it. And then you can follow what I'm doing in this diary. And you can hear me keel over with exhaustion just before Christmas. Okay, the next point that I wanted to mention on this week's podcast diary is a brilliant new resource. It's from the guys who create and operate Draft2Digital. Now, if you haven't heard of Draft2Digital, it's where there are are actually other book outlets that you could list on other than Amazon, although you wouldn't know that for the way people talk. I list my books and my fiction books at the moment are on Google Play. I'm very lucky that I got into Google Play before they closed it down to new submissions. So I have got my secret bunker books on Google Play and uh, a trilogy on there as well. And also I use Draft2Digital to list my books on iTunes, on Kobo, on Barnes & Noble, on Scribd or Scribed, whatever you call it, is it Tolino as well, uh, various outlets as well, and I sell um, a handful of of books on those, actually interesting to say now we've just closed down another month, um, my sales on draft to digital are actually going up, now look they're nothing to get excited about, but it's interesting to you know, I'm just totally unexcited by it. Okay, so when I start to get excited by my sales, I'll start to share income. Um, I'll start to share my income details with you on, on this podcast, I'd be happy to do that. But frankly, it's in the embarrassing level at the moment. So I, I don't think there's any point in me sharing my, my kind of income details. I, I'm, I'm completely embarrassed by it. But I have to say to you that when I started on draft the digital it was nothing. It was like you know a dollar or two dollars. And now that's going up, and I seem to be selling through Draft2Digital more consistently. Now, don't get me wrong, this is nothing to get excited about, absolutely nothing to get excited about, but I am seeing those numbers go up, and Draft2Digital is selling more books for me through different outlets. So I'm going to stay in tune with that, I'm very happy with that, uh, and, and obviously I'm very happy that I'm on draft the digital Now Draft2Digital, just to go back to this new resource, they've now created a resource and you can find it at books. Two, that's the digit two, books2read.com. And if you can't find it, don't forget it'll be in the show notes for the podcast, this week's podcast. Now, the fabulous thing about this, and this is why I love Draft the Digital, by the way, is because they're constantly innovating. I love being a part of or being connected with businesses that innovate and don't just sit there and do nothing. They're constantly looking at new ways to do things. And Draft the Digital have just done this in a brilliant way. You're going to see a lot of people talking about this on their podcast this week. At books2read.com, you could basically put your book into a, a link. So it's like a bit.ly link um, or a, a, a goog.l link or um, like a tiny URL. It's a, it's a shortened link. And they give you a link to share. And when somebody clicks on that link, it pulls in all the places where people could buy your book. Now this is brilliant because if you're promoting your book in emails or on social media, at the moment you generally have to stick to something like an Amazon link or an iTunes link. You, you can't send one link out and everybody could buy it on wherever they buy their books because not everybody reads has Kindles. And this is what this service does is it lets you send one link out, they click on the link, it takes them to a page and then they can buy from whichever their preferred buying source is. And they could also set that source as a favorite. So whenever they get li- links from this new service, rather than it giving them the whole list, it will automatically show them the iTunes link. Now, um, it's it's early days and uh, they've literally just launched. I got access to it yesterday at the time of recording this. I've actually, what I couldn't find in the bump and all the FAQ was whether these are geo-located. Now, I use something at the moment called booklinker.net, I think it is. I put it in the show notes, booklinker. And what booklinker does is if I send out an Amazon link, when people click on that link, not only do I get analytics on where they are and, and, and how many people have clicked on it, But for the user, if they're in Spain or in Germany, it redirects them to their local Amazon because there isn't just one Amazon site for everybody. Depending on where you are in the world, you get your own unique Amazon site in your language. So you do want to send a UK link out to the US because US people won't be able to buy your book from that. They're going to have to move over to the Amazon.com site, find your book, and then buy it in dollars in their local currency. So it's really important to me whether the Amazon links in this Books to Read service, whether they're geolocated, because if they are, I I won't need to use book linker anymore, I certainly hope they are, and if they're not, I hope they've got plans to do it. I sent them a help desk ticket and asked them about this, because I couldn't find it on the site anywhere to say whether the Amazon links are geolocated. I don't think it counts, I don't think it matters for any of the other services, um, but it does for Amazon, so I hope they're geolocated. The other thing that I noticed about it, just as a restriction, and and, you know, we need to cut these guys some slack, it's just day one virtually, I think, at the time they've launched it. The other thing that I want to do is, um, I want to be able to sell books directly from my own website i have uh i list my secret bugger books on the secret bugger website via gumroad which handles the vat for me and i think i make them available as um probably epubs and mobi files on that site now uh, it, you don't want to just put all your eggs in one basket so i it, you know to me i don't sell anything from it particularly but it, it's it's another option and as I build my author career, I'm committed to be able to sell it directly from my site because some people actually like to buy directly from the author too. They don't like to go to these big sites. So it won't let me do that at the moment. And also when I was adding my own links in, so, so because I'm already a draft digital user, what it does is it links with my account and it pulls in all my links automatically from iTunes and Kobo and Barnes and & Noble and all of those ones, it pulls those in automatically. But it, I, I don't list through Amazon on draft the digital I, I list directly on Amazon. So I have to manually add that link to each each section. And at the moment, I was just finding that a little bit uh, flaky that I cut and paste my link in and then you click this little button that says lock it it wasn't wasn't entirely user-friendly um but the, this is really pernickety that's me being really pernickety about something that's brand new and that is really going to be welcomed by authors so congratulations to draft the digital for producing that we need more innovation of that nature I personally welcome it I will be using it regardless of whether we get geolocations on it um In fact, at some point, I'm going to probably change all the links on all of my websites so that rather than always sending you to Amazon, you can click on it and you could, you know, it's just much better for sales. It's a brilliant tool. Um, It's going to really help Draft the Digital, I think, drive um, awareness and take up of their service. Very, very, very clever thing to do from a marketing point of view. So do look out for that. I'll put the link on the show notes and it is books to read.com. And if you do want to go wider than just Amazon, please check out Draft the Digital. It's my preferred service, the one I've I just find very straightforward. I love it. I get on very well with it, get paid very regularly. I can see everything that I need to see. It's a very good service. Um, Going on quite a lot this week. Sorry about that, but there's quite a lot of news. I didn't think I had anything to tell you this week. Um, I am finally buckling down to doing Mark Dawson's Facebook ads training. I, I bought this more than a month ago at some expense, I might add. And um, I need to do the training. I haven't had time to do it. So I'm actually doing that at the moment. I've got it scheduled in over a couple of nights. I don't think I'm going to finish it before we go away, but I will finish it by next weekend. Um, And then I'm going to start. um, Mark has also included in that some Twitter ads training which I have tried before in the past, but I'm going to see what he has to say about that. And also, I know they're going to be adding some YouTube ads training into that too. I know they're just getting that ready right now. Very interested in all of that. I have to say that I'm probably going to use it to sell Self-Publishing Academy, my teaching course, because there's much more profit in that than there is for books. So if I can get that going and start to make some money from that, because it's very high profit on a course, then I could put some of those profits then into the books, um, the thing, the thing with selling digital books is you don't have much margin um, for error there. You're not going to make a lot. You know, there's no money in a book. You know, you make maybe a dollar, two dollars on a digital book. So you can't really afford to spend an awful lot of money on advertising. It, it's a chicken and egg scenario. If you don't advertise, then you don't sell books. <laughs> and then if you do advertise, you've got to spend money, and you might then risk not making enough money to cover the advertising for the book sale. So it's chicken and egg all the time with these things. So I'm going to use Mark's course primarily to sell my course and to target my course because I make much more, well, I make a lot of profit on that. It's a digital training course. It doesn't, doesn't cost me anything uh, to supply, only the work of the time it's taken to put it together. You know, And people effectively are paying for your expertise and experience when they buy a course. So that's what I'm going to try because I've got more margin for error. So the course, for instance, at the moment, I'm testing the price. I think it's £197, £199 uh, at the moment. Uh, that's the price I'm testing it at. Um, that that may change, um, but I, I also read something recently saying that it takes the same amount of effort to to, to create a course that costs ten dollars as it does to create a course that costs a thousand dollars. And and the other thing that I've learned in my time on internet marketing is that the cheaper you make stuff, the the less qualified people that you get coming to it. So uh, you know sometimes you have to, you have to give some things away for free, but you want the freebie seekers to step aside at some point and you need the serious people. I, I want to work with serious people. That's what I learned from internet marketing. I don't want to work with freebie seekers and people who don't want to do the work. I want to work with people who want to do the work and I'll show them how to do the work and how to do it effectively. Um, so that's why I've put the price up. But if you think about it, you know I can spend a lot of money. I could spend £100 to get that sale and I'm still 97 quid up on the deal. I can spend a lot more to get a customer because I make a lot more profit than I do on books. So I'm going to use Mark's techniques to sell that course. And then what I hope to do is use the profits then from that course to fund the adverts for the books. That's the plan at the moment. I'll I'll let you know how that goes. Okay, it's been much longer than it should have been. I do apologize for that. But I hope that you're getting useful ideas and tips and how I find these things useful I I know I listen to Joanna Penn's diary every week and she apologizes for it and says if you don't want to listen to it just fast forward but I listen to Joanna and I'm constantly getting ideas and it's triggering thoughts and this is how things like this tend to work so I hope you find this of benefit and I'm going to be away for five days next week away from my desk I am going to take my um, Chromebook with me and I probably will write to be honest with you because I wake up at the crack of dawn and uh, I need something to do when everybody's asleep so I probably will be writing while I'm away but I don't intend to and I haven't scheduled any Uh, for me for the next five days I want to go away and think of ideas for thriller three I I pretty well I got the idea I got the main concept I just need to work out how I'm going to deliver it the environment that I'm going to deliver that story in and I do need to be thinking about the novella and again I I got my broad ideas for the novella I know what I want to do I just need to work out how I'm actually going to deliver that which characters I'm gonna use. I would quite like to use characters for my thrillers if I can. I haven't quite figured out that bit yet because I want the novella to be free and I would like it to to lead into the three thrillers so that people just can't get enough and just have to keep reading them. But I need to come up with how the story I've got in my head for the novella will link to the characters in my thrillers. So that's the bit I need to work out. And frankly, going away for five days is a brilliant way to do that because I get lots of what I call chugging time. I just chug ideas in my head while I'm doing other things. Um, I'm going to finish Mark Dawson's Facebook training course hopefully by the next time I record a diary that will be finished for you and I will be starting to put that into motion Um, and then also (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this we sponsored we went to see a donkey sanctuary while we were um, over in Lincolnshire last time We've, we've sponsored a couple of donkeys there. And we're going back to the donkey sanctuary when we, we go back to see my family ne- next week. So we're, we're going to go and see some donkeys next week. I love the donkey sanctuary. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing Nipper the donkey uh, with the kids uh, over the weekend. And I'm hoping that those kind of activities will replenish my creative pool by giving me a break from the day-to-day you know, work and the head down and getting all the work done and just giving me some thinking time to chuck some ideas. I hope this diary has been useful for you. If you have any comments, there is always a big feedback button um, on, the, on the blog, on the on the site, on the website at, self-publishing, at selfpublishingjourneys.com. So please do give me some feedback because it does help me. It does help me to make decisions about the podcast, what, what best to do to, to serve you and inform you. Uh, or you could just email me directly, always happy to have an email from you. Very, I answer them all myself, you know, I'll get straight back to you uh, at, paul at paulteague.com. In the meantime, though, I'm off for a short break. And I'll see you when we get back from the donkey sanctuary. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.